everyone. Um, thank you to IPS for this um, invitation to, to speak. I was given the task of, of looking at what does PE 2011 mean for Singapore's portfolio development um, and governance. Um, and when we look at the elected presidency, uh, I remember as a student uh, taking constitutional law uh, with uh, Kevin Tan, uh, I came to the conclusion then, uh, more than about 20 years ago, that um, the elected president was not meant for a PAP government. And, and I think that's one reason why uh, Article 5.2a is still held in abeyance, right? You know, um, it's not meant to clip the wings of the PAP government, uh, and it probably the Article 5.2a will probably come into force when the PAP government thinks that they'll be thrown out of power. But the elected presidency culminated almost a decade of constitutional engineering. Right, it started in 1984 with a non-constituency member of parliament scheme. Uh, in 1988 with the GRC scheme. In 1990 with the nominated MP scheme. And then culminating with the elected presidency in 1991. And I thought it, it characterized a period in which the PAP was somewhat uncertain about its longevity. Right, there was a time when if you look at the parliamentary election results, the PAP was losing steady ground, notwithstanding the fact that um, the economy was making good progress. So uh, the fact that the economy does well typically doesn't mean, typically means that the PAP probably won't do well in, in the elections. But let, let's try to talk about the state of play. Right? I think many of these points have, have been dealt with, so I'll go through fairly quickly. But 2011 was really a year of elections. Right? You know, we had less than four months that separated between the general elections and the president, presidential elections. So this short interval between the two elections meant that you would have knock-on effects, right? The GE, unresolved issues from the GE would just knock on into the presidential election. And I think when we look at the presidential elections this year, we cannot look at it in isolation from the general elections. And I think um, we have to look at the presidential elections in the context of a very rapidly evolving political landscape that was so significantly defined in the so-called uh, Watershed general elections of 2011, right? Two, I think there was there is a generational shift now within the electorate, right, towards voters born uh, after Singapore's independence. Um, you know, in particular, the focus on Gen Y voters, right? So this shift is not just about numbers alone, right, but it's also about political attitudes and, and values. You know, so the whole idea of a one party being dominant, right, for, for more than 50 years, uh, it's not just an aberration, but state of existence. Right? Many, many of my students you know, um, just cannot reconcile themselves with the fact that um, you know, Singapore is a one-party dominant state. But what we saw in PE 2011, which flowed into G, uh, uh, GE 2011, which flowed into PE 2011, was there was a new and increased political consciousness, even if that consciousness wasn't very clear as to what it meant. Um, Tony Tan coined the term new normal uh, just as he, before he was about to declare his candidacy. And in a way, that indicated how uh, presidential election 2011 was going to be very different from other presidential elections. The ground sentiments were perhaps conducive for a non-establishment type candidate. Um, and what was significant, of course, was this was the first contested election since 1993. So the presidential, the, the elected president office may have been around for 20 years, in the minds of many Singaporeans, it was really a very new and unknown institution. And so 
things forward during the elections, how the candidates themselves, whether deliberately or otherwise, having their own perceptions and conceptions in the office, and the voters having their own ideas about what the elected president ought to do. It, constitutional niceties didn't help at all. It, it, it doesn't matter what the government said. Right? Um, there, there is a disjuncture, as Kevin pointed out, you know, and, and many people thought that you know, here was an office that was already elected by Singaporeans, but yet you know, the, the president's office seems to have very limited powers. And of course, the last contested elections was in 1993, and, and the landscape had then changed um, very significantly. Right? So, as we all know, false mutinies were issued, uh, and, and in a very crowded race, the, the different candidates sought to differentiate themselves, and of course, there was also no surprise that the weakest candidate lost his deposit. Um, let me just give you my, my, my argument. Um, I think what the presidential election 2011 revealed, I think to the electorate, here was a PAP-centric system which, while it has worked well, was deemed to be vulnerable. Um, and the view was the view was that this PAP-centric system could be made more robust, more resilient, and a more competitive for the landscape through having more in, more effect more and effective checks and balances. So, in a way, with the PAP forming the government in GE 2011, there was in a way less at stake uh, with regards to PE. So what we can see actually from the first argument that uh, you know Singaporeans reinterpreted the whole idea of good governance, right? The, the, the idea of good governance was painted by the PAP government as having a government that was elected with a strong mandate, a clear mandate to govern. Uh, but I think the voters have, have internalized that and looked at good governance um, as being one that is manifested in an ecosystem of political institutions that can check and balance each other. Two, the one-party dominance in the minds of many young Singaporeans is an, is an abnormal state of affairs. Right? So we have moved in a way from an abnormal state, or at least tentatively moving away from an abnormal state of affairs to something perhaps uh, new normal. Right? I'm not sure when, when we will normalize, but certainly I think we, we can point to 2011 right, as being a year in which Singapore evolved towards being a more normal democracy. So the question, I think, is quite clear. It's not whether one-party dominance uh, will persist, but rather when this one-party dominance will end, uh, or rather be weakened and be replaced by either a two-party system or a multi-party uh, system. And I think when we talk about the second argument, right, uh, this idea of one-party dominance, uh, that it wouldn't work well for Singapore in the long term, right, was also buttressed by the belief that the realm of policy options should not be confined to and should not be defined solely by the PAP's worldview. But I argue that um, the elected president, that there's a need for the elected president to evolve as a key institution of good governance. Right, the electorate's lack of knowledge and understanding of, of the elected president and his role in Singapore's constitutional government same time we saw in PE 2011 a desire, perhaps incorrectly expressed, for the, for the elected president to play a larger role in Singapore's governance. What we saw in, in PE 2011 right, was really Singaporeans suddenly waking up to realize that here we have a watchdog that barks but doesn't bite. 
represented the elected president as part of the good governance framework. Right? And so what that meant was that in a one-party dominant system, um, checks and balances provided by a credible opposition was not only desirable, but necessary. And of course, GE 2011 showed that there was only uh, a limited role that parliament could play. And so certainly the elected president took on greater importance in, in that regard. And of course, the ability for Singaporeans to directly vote uh, Singapore's head of state was compelling, but at the same time, it was at odds with the limited powers of the elected president. Right, and so the realization that the elected president has to act on the advice of the cabinet or consult the, the Council of Presidential Advisors led to concerns over the effectiveness of the elected president as an effective check and balance. Right, and so here we have this situation in which the candidates, um, some of them at least, attempted to reach out to tap, to tap this particular aspiration. And so what we saw in presidential election 2011 was not just competing visions of the presidency, something which Kevin painted, painted very well. So the constitution was ignored um, by the candidates as well, um, um, uh, especially those who took a, a fairly radical view of the presidency. And the government's attempt right, to, to educate the population, uh, I, I don't think went very well. And so what we saw was really over-promising right, as a electoral strategy favored by some candidates. So what happened in PE 2011 revolved around the supposed independence of the candidate. And what we saw as well was that independence was framed very narrowly as independent of the PAP, um, which in a way reflected a political mood and a view that an effective check and balance is more likely to come from a president who's not closely associated with the PAP. So are we moving from an abnormal situation to a, to a new normal? situation. I think one, one thing that could be said is one party dominance is not a normal state of affairs. Right? And, and, and although it should also be said that uh, it has benefited Singapore more than it has harmed Singapore over the last 50 years, but I don't think it, it is a system of government that can be sustained. Right? When, when you look at the ten of the campaigning and the poll outcome, I think they pointed to the electorate's desire for a more responsive system of government
moderate reading of the Constitution with regard to the role, powers, and functions of the President. And, and, and for me, the results showed that um, Singaporeans were perhaps comfortable um, with, that, with that reading, and, and both Dr. Tan's book collectively pulled 70% of the popular vote. I think the voters showed that the past PAP affiliation was not a deterrent, something the ITS survey showed as well. I think there was confidence uh, by looking at the, the personality, the character of, of, of the candidates, that um, you know that the two leading men would exercise um, you know the necessary fairness and honesty if they were elected into office. I think the support for, for the two Dr. Tans also demonstrated that Singaporeans value stability in the sense that it was important for the elected president to be able to work with the elected government. And I suppose it also suggests at this point in time that Singaporeans may be uncomfortable with an elected president uh, being an, an alternative power center. Right? I, I think the idea that the president could function as a countervailing source of power was something that the, the electorate wasn't quite yet ready. After taking the 2011, I think the question arises as to, you know, can the elected president stay relevant? I think the, the IPS survey showed that, you know, there, there is a need for the elected presidency to evolve in tandem with the generational shift and the changing expectations on the ground. Um, I think what is quite clear is that in any attempt to, to, to develop the office of the elected president further, any attempt to remove direct elections is, is unlikely to be well received. Um, so I think what, what we will see really is, you know, the government attempt to explain uh, the limitations on the elected president by referring to the British monarch, right? Um, you know, how, how the, the British monarch had to seek the advice of the cabinet in, in, in different matters. But I think when we look at the elected presidency, it was, it was designed as, a, as in something that was a toxinous, right? And a toxinous development, something that was designed to fit our local context. And, and I find it a bit odd, right, for the government to continue to refer, right, to an institution which, in a way, when you look at our parliamentary system, as well as the elected presidency, has, in a way, moved consciously away from the Westminster uh, model. Um, but certainly, the, President Tony Tan has read the ground signals well, and I think in his first month of office, you know, we see a, a certainly a more active presidency, right? a close engagement with civil society and more attention to social issues. Actually, my time is up, but just like, I just have two more slides. One is looking to PE 2017, right? The question is, how mature and how polarized will the electorate be in the next four to six years? I put four to six years um, because four being government. Uh, will we firmly enter into a post-LKY era, right? Because that could also mean significant change politically. How will the, the elected president institution evolve in, in the in intervening six years, right? What would be the impact of the next general elections be on, on, on the presidential elections in 2017? I think it's quite clear, right, as many speakers have, uh, before me have said, right, it's very hard to insulate the elected president from partisan politics and the overall political mood. Um, and, and of course, you know, one of the big problems with the elected presidency is, you know, it is now seen as a very viable vehicle right, for political
politicians who are te- who want to impose their political careers. This is relevant in particular for for uh, candidates from the opposition camp. I think we can certainly expect a contest in 2017. I think the big question is whether it, it will be polarized. So let, let me now just conclude. I think we are now in, in a state of political transition, right? Where the transition will bring us, uh, we're not sure. Uh, we have, in a way, a very politically sheltered electorate, uh, and we are, in a way, moving towards politically uncharted waters, right? Singaporeans have only known of one government, and the question is, you know, can the institutions, the various institutions from the civil service, um, you know, to the other organs of state, you know, you know, how will they adapt and function you know, to a time when the PAP is less do- dominant? I think the elected president, in a way, demonstrated, you know, the IPS survey showed strong legitimacy, uh, good institutional independence, right? But I think there is now the need to reconcile the constitutional niceties, right? You know, what the constitution prescribes, uh, you know, the government's preferred interpretation. But there is also the political aspiration of Singaporeans, the political realities on the ground, and how do you manage all that in the context of the PAP government's preference for incremental change? One other point to note is that, you know, um, I think there is a great likelihood of